0: Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. How many famous ghost cases are hoaxes? If ghosts are dead people, how can they interact with anybody? Who or what are the tree people?
1: Hello, and welcome to the 988th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, coming to you from WON, AM and FM radio in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, on the Paranormal app from TalkStream Live, or the Paranormal radio app, I should say, from TalkStream Live on YouTube and via TuneIn.com. I'm Ben, and that was Paul. And today we bring you an open-line show based on questions and comments from our YouTube channel. And to join in, you can give us a call from anywhere, 401-766-1240, or you can email Paul at BehindTheParanormal.com or contact us via Facebook.
0: Okay, well, let's jump right in. Well, actually, uh, here's one that is not from the YouTube channel. Oh. It's from uh, our uh, good friend Peter uh, Shelley in Bogota, Colombia. We'll start with that one.
1: Hmm, yes, indeed. And we shall jump right into it. So, Paul, what is an example of, of an interesting ghostly hoax of the 20th century? and why you
0: think it was a hoax. Hmm. Well, I think the... Oh, gosh, look at my hair. I have to think of the um, Amityville case in uh, Long Island. I was almost involved with that uh, directly because uh, I was working with Ed Lorraine Warren at the time. However, I was in the seminary at the other end of New York State when that went down. So uh, Lorraine... Wrote me letters during that case. I should read those on the air sometime. But um, yeah,
1: I maybe mean, why not? Of I, course, I, don't, I don't see why not.
0: Yeah, uh, but anyway, the the, the case was uh, soon uh, descending into uh, confusion because there were so many investigators involved, including Ed Lorraine. And <clears throat> excuse me, there was um, some question about the validity of the whole thing. Now I reserved judgment on that until uh Father John Nicola, the uh, Jesuit priest I was working with at the time or or being mentored by I should say uh, who was the technical advisor for the film The Exorcist, uh told me later that it was a hoax that was good enough for me uh whether Ed and Lorraine were responsible for that i don't think so. I think the overall uh, problem might have been with uh, some of the other people. I, I don't know, but I think that is uh, probably an example of maybe one of the greatest hoaxes of the 20th, 20th century, if it was a hoax, and um, I would refer you to uh, the first chapter of uh, our 2017 book, Behind the paranormal, everything you know was wrong because we have a whole chapter on that case. Uh, but again, I was not directly involved with it, so I, I I believe it was a hoax. But I don't want to say categorically. Ben,
1: mm, I mean, I, I guess it's it's one of those things where um, I don't know. I've I, I always kind of kind of felt like a lot of stuff was sensationalized. You know, not even oh, yeah. not, not yeah. even just in the Amityville horror, but like you know, anything that's on on TV, sort of in the mainstream, it's um, I, and I I don't know, I I can't really think off the top of my head about a a great hoax and why I believe it is a hoax. Um, I, I think it's I think a lot of it has to do with um, I don't know, I th- I think of the more modern stuff. That, But, I mean, this is the 21st century. If we're thinking the 20th century, I guess, yeah, I'd probably well, to, to stick with your whatever's
0: going on now started in the 20th century, really.
1: That's true, yeah. Um, I guess that's a good point.
0: Looking back on the Bridgeport case of 1974, the, the poltergeist case that made the headlines around the world, uh, I was there, I saw the whole thing, but um, there was some exaggeration in the media. Mm. It's a shocker, right?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and... Uh, I I never cease to get over this, and people look at me when I say it. But um, the only newspaper that I read that got it right was the National Enquirer. <laughs> you know, they interviewed me, they interviewed a lot of the people involved, and uh,
1: yeah, that was
0: kind of a shock.
1: What's what's the old adage? Uh, release reliable information from inaccurate sources, and inaccurate information from reliable sources. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yep. That's an old intelligence community thing, you know. Yeah. So, um, so uh, maybe that that was by no means a hoax, but there are have been exaggerations. Mm. One thing I noticed as the 20th century came to a uh, close was that uh, people were getting more used to this subject, wanted to see it more on TV and and that sort of thing, and the uh, the beginnings. Of the current interest in the reality shows was starting to take hold.
1: I'd be curious to see if, if those are still doing well ratings wise. No. Yeah, that's, that's kind Not of the as, thing. Uh,
0: cause, uh, we're in touch with someone in that business and, mm. uh, there's a lot of, uh, revolving door stuff going on. There's some big changes coming to TV. Um, and I can't say any more about it, but, uh, it's something that, um, you know, there, there are going to be some changes, and uh, I hope uh, for the better from what I'm hearing. But in any case, uh, one of the trends I started to see at the end of the century and into the into this century was, I sound like Count Dracula or something, the uh, changes. 300 years ago, uh, <laughs> was that um, people were more comfortable with this subject, and you'd find that they'd call you for cases... And you get down there and it's a bunch of baloney. Mm. They just wanted a TV show, Uh, you know? Yeah. Uh, There were people who sincerely believed that there was, you know, something strange in the neighborhood, but uh, they'd take pictures and it would be pareidolia, you know, there would be nothing in it, but their uh, minds would form Mm. uh, impressions from it and sounds, things of that kind.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you work with the data points you have, and if it depends on your end goal, I suppose as well. Is is your is your end goal to to heal your home, or is it to sensationalize and and make money off of it? Yeah. I guess I, I guess intention <clears throat> comes down to a lot of it, you know.
0: Well, the, the ridicule, uh, particularly in the UFO field, has died down uh, a lot because the government's talking about it, and uh, the secrecy extends well beyond UFOs to other areas of the paranormal. Mm. That's a fact. Uh, but uh, to stick with uh, Peter's question, I think I'd have to say Amityville, hmm. as far as I know, anyway. Yeah,
1: I, I'm, I'd have to agree.
0: All right. Now, I have to uh, give a caveat here. The, these are from YouTube, and we apologize to our YouTube viewers for not keeping up with these. Some of these have been around for a while. Um People have apparently handles as we used to call in the CB world. Mm. Uh, so th- this is from Halloween Baby, wherever that is. It doesn't say where she or he is from, but it's very brief. Mm.
1: Uh, no, a lot of spirits tell you they're dead. That's it, right. Yeah. right? yeah. Well, it's always the shortest ones where we can we can discuss for hours.
0: Yes, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what Halloween Baby is saying. No, to. This was in uh, this was a reply to one of our uh, special videos on I believe it was the uh, Litchfield, Connecticut case we've been working on for so many years, and um, how that came up I don't know, but um, I it probably stemmed from something we say a lot that ghosts are not dead people uh, to the best of our knowledge. They are real people, uh, physical and all, living in parallel realities when they never died. Some of of these realities are very different. Uh, I have, if you've read my 2019 book, uh, Dancing Past the Graveyard, uh, admitted to communicating, not voluntarily, with different critters, from different parallel worlds over the, the years, the past 50 years anyway. Not a lot, but enough to, I think, learn something from them, whether they intended to teach me anything or not. Uh, I do not have a guardian spirit other than, hopefully, a guardian angel, things of that kind. I don't have uh, any kind of uh, mediumistic tendencies or practices that I voluntarily do. I encountered a number of people and non-people in the course of meditation, uh, particularly in the 1970s and 80s. And uh, my opinion was that even if they thought they were, well, they, 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 some of them had memories of dying. And supposedly if you are hypnotized or regressed, as they call it, you might have memories of your own deaths, and I'll pluralize that because uh, there are so many facets and versions of ourselves, including our bodies, that the death experience is um, very common in our super life, as we a, coin, a term we coined. And in this super life, you have all the other lives you're living in parallel realities. Okay. That's um, a weird concept, but that's good physics. And um, I think that what uh, Halloween baby is implying is that we are doing an injustice to people who have actually died. But uh, let's look at that. If you're dead, you're dead. You wouldn't be doing anything. It's the absence of life. And the very fact that you're communicating or think you're communicating with something indicates that they're still alive, in our opinion. Uh you're communicating with um, people or whatever in worlds where the laws of physics are such that you can do that. Uh here it can be more difficult, uh but I think that all uh key concept in multiverse theory is that uh, all possible possibilities exist and somewhere or some when and also that uh, the, uh, the laws of physics are, can be different, very different from one world to the next. So I think that oh, you're not dealing with dead people, even if they think they are. Because I've run into a few who thought, they, and they, they weren't, that they, had, they were getting used to being somewhere or someone else in some other consciousness, perfectly physical. I don't think there is any. I don't think there's any such thing as dead people, in that sense. So, you know, Ben, you look you want to say something.
1: Oh, uh, I was just. I was <clears throat> intensely listening. Um, yeah. Oh, well, okay. Well, I, be, I believe that there's there's really important um, there's two really important facets to this uh, facets, I should say. One of them being, if someone knocks on your door and says, "Hello, I'm from the oil company." You know, and they, you have no appointment set up, you know, this guy comes out of nowhere, right? And he wants to come into your house and, and, and check your oil, you know, and you say, okay, yeah, sure. And then he robs your house. Yeah. You know, like, why would you believe him in the first place? You know. Well, that's
0: the other thing. You don't know what you're talking to.
1: No, that's the you thing. Know? So that's, that's, that's the, that's the key to this whole thing is understanding that, you know, how do you, how, why would you believe it in the first place? Oh, well, it tells tells me they're dead. Okay. Well, how do you know? you know and and i think there's there's a distinct lack of discernment in that because it's like well i mean anybody could tell you anything you know oh, yeah. i could tell you right now that i am i am a I am a prince and i could You
0: are? You never told me that. Before.
1: Ah, but i
0: tricked you. Oh, so, I see. So
1: that is a that is a trick. And so
0: Somebody else there in the delivery room that day.
1: Yes, exactly. Little did you know, father, that huh. you are not my father. Uh but here's the thing, it's you know everybody lies, and that would probably if if we're going to assume that these things are human, they would probably lie too. And so you know if we're if we're going with the same the same assumption of of okay, well, it's a dead person, what makes you think they'd tell you the truth in the first place? you know it's It's one of those things where you need to understand that we can't we, we barely know that we're conscious. We barely know that we're doing anything at all. You know, there's this whole idea of pre-reflective consciousness, which essentially is that it, it gives you the ability to step back from yourself and and look at what you're thinking about and think about thinking. You know, it's it's a it's a purely human thing that we we have the ability to do. Some people don't do it, but we have the ability to do it, and and that's really important for this next part because you know there's no there's no sort of central Cosmology for the world anymore—at least in, in the Western modern world, where you know everything's very compartmentalized and disjointed, and everything's separate from everything else. And so, one of the really important things is, you know, if I ask somebody at a at a, at a paranormal convention, well, what do you think happens when you die? You know, they, they there'll usually be some vagaries about, well, you know, you ascend and you transform and you do blah 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 and you find your spirit guide and you go back to source, which I I don't i uh it's it's i don't not a not a huge fan of that idea, but you know it, it could be possible but here but here's the thing it's also disjointed because it just completely negates the rest of your life. It's like whatever you do in your life it oh well, it doesn't matter, you know i mean you know if you're a good person, great, if you're a bad person, well I mean whatever you'll figure it out, and then there's this whole idea of unfinished business, and it's like okay well what is did, did they not file their taxes like well like <laughs> what, like,
0: what, like I'd worry about that even if I was dead.
1: Right. I mean, hey, the only the only two certainties, according to Ben Franklin, you know, death and taxes. Yep. And and so you even need to pay taxes when you're dead. Um. Actually, that's the one thing that doesn't follow you after you die. Uh, I don't know
0: about that. Oh, actually, taxes. that's
1: actually that's not true. Uh, right. <laughs> I know that from firsthand experience. Yep. Um. But you know, it and it and I think student loans. I think that follows you too. Uh. That. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's a different kettle of fish. Any hootles. Um. So the 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 problem is that there's no there's no there's no understanding that there's this this whole other portion of life that's happening at the same time right now that there's a whole existence that we just compartmentalize and we we take it and we'll, well you know we we do this over here we put this over here we put that over here and we try to fit the pieces together and then we're um, astonished when it just doesn't make any sense. So I I think the really the big thing is is understanding that. First of all, you can't you can't trust anything that a cosmic entity says, right? You know, if somebody's wandering around in the wilderness, you know, a few, you know, thousand years ago, and and a being appears and says, "Well, I'm a god and I want you to make a temple for me," and they're like, "Yeah, sure, <laughs> let's do it," you know, like some guy's running around, um, running around Athens, and all of a sudden he sees a satyr walk out of the woods and he's like, "I want you to build a temple to me," and he's like, "Well, that's Pan, so yeah, I guess I'll do it." You know and but at the same time it's like you can't you can't trust you can't trust these things because you don't know anything you barely we barely know ourselves how can we know the intentions of something that's quote unquote dead or a, yeah. a being in a parallel world
0: well we, we always qualify things by saying that maybe Halloween baby is right maybe we're all wrong about this could be but I've never found it I've never found those ideas to be good enough and another important concept not to t- take up the whole show here with the one question. It's always Uh, the
1: shortest question. It's always the
0: shortest question. (laughs) Uh, That everything, uh, time really does not exist as we experience it. That's very subjective with us. We experience it past or future. But in reality, uh, according to physics, time is simultaneous. There is no past, there is no future. Mm. So that, in a way, makes it easier to uh, grasp these ideas of parallel lives, things of this kind. So um I I don't think the point is entirely valid uh Halloween baby wherever you may be or wherever but thank you very much for commenting and we respect your opinion. Okay, here's uh one just came in from uh, Lauren in Connecticut a sure very fine. faithful uh correspondent.
1: Indeed. And uh Lauren writes to us Hello, Paul and Ben. I live in Connecticut and wonder if there's any update on the alleged uh, super-secret military-slash-private facility in Goshen, Connecticut.
0: Well, that's a good uh, question. Uh, I have to say that um, we've been working on that case since 2005. And uh, we've gone, as far as that farm is concerned, we've gone about, as far as we can go, Na- naturally, the pandemic Took two years out of our lives, all of us, mm. and, uh, we had not, uh, carried out what we had planned to do there. Uh, we do, I'm not gonna say what we planned, but we do plan to carry it a little bit, uh, forward of where we have when the opportunity arises. We've been, uh, you know, there are only two of us with a couple of, uh, people who, uh, help us. And we've been uh, totally involved in the Pennsylvania Triangle case really since 2016, Mm. uh, which is uh, pretty wild in itself. So we're doing the best we can, but I I have to say there is no update as such right now. Mm. Thank you for, for asking.
1: Sometimes no news is good news.
0: Well, Well, uh, maybe. maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Who knows? So who's next uh, from YouTube?
1: Well, this is actually a great pivot into our our next uh, YouTube question, which comes from Russ, who is asking about the uh, Litchfield Triangle case, uh, regarding the video of tree creatures on our YouTube channel. Um, I've been drawing and telling stories for many years about the tree people in this area. Uh, One drawing actually shows the tree person crawling down a tree trunk and uh, have seen many interesting things quote unquote through the years and uh, continue to do so i grew up not far from this area and spent a lot of spend all my summertime up there camping uh, basically just drawn drawn to the place for many many reasons you have a new subscriber in me and maybe at some point our paths will cross and we can discuss our experiences stay creative and dream and always believe
0: well i i thank you very much for the kind words um, I think I'll always believe with the uh, reason behind it. You know, I've always said you, you you have to be very careful, just as careful of what you don't believe as as uh, of what you do believe. In a sense, both must be sort of knowing and reasoned decisions. But in any case, uh <clears throat> the um, Litchfield case is... Uh, Again, very interesting, uh, the Pennsylvania case is too, uh, that we had the same problem with that one, uh, as well with the hiatus because of the,
1: uh. Yeah, it really put a COVID. damper on things.
0: It sure did. Uh, however, we, we are in, uh, frequent touch with people in both cases and, uh, I, w- w- what would you say?
1: Well, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we, we keep, I don't know, we don't, we don't, we don't, you know, sever any connections with, with no, no. Our, our former cases. Never. So we, we're all, we always stay up to date. Anything interesting happens, we always hear from, from Donna over there, or we, or yeah. we hear from our, our Pennsylvania In friends. Yeah. We, we hear, we hear from, we hear from a lot of people, you know, pretty often. You know, if any, anything significant happens, they, they reach out to us and they let us know. If there's any major changes, you know, we'll, we'll mount up and head on over there.
0: One of the problems with the, uh, Litchfield area, Case, Torrington, Litchfield, Goshen, Connecticut, is uh, sort of west central Connecticut. Mm. And uh, in Pennsylvania, we have had like four annual neighborhood meetings, not since the pandemic, but Mm. we we hope to get back there soon to do that. And they've grown uh, people. We interview them on camera about uh, their experiences, a lot of people, Bigfoot and that sort of thing strange lights, uh, ghostly phenomena in this flap area. In Connecticut, however, we have never been able to pin down uh, a location to have a neighborhood meeting. I even approached the American Legion there, and I I belong to the American Legion, and I couldn't get any satisfaction there. Mm. Uh, They want all kinds of crazy money or whatever, and we don't have much. Um, So we're considering a Zoom meeting. Mm. Everybody's used to that. Yeah. So uh, just just to uh, get uh, uh, some kind of action on that. Uh, whenever we have tried to produce or, or worked with a producer, uh, we've worked with two of them out there. Something As soon as it gets to a certain point, some third party comes in and stomps on it. Mm. Uh, we had a sizzler reel, as they call it, from years ago. We've never been allowed to see it. Because that, that's the one where you floated off the ground and stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it, so I... If I yeah, haven't I seen mean, it, so, I can't
0: cooperate. Uh, the, we, we run into roadblocks uh, a lot more in Connecticut than we do in Pennsylvania. I don't know why, because Pennsylvania is pretty dramatic. Mm. And there's a military uh, presence there as well. Or has been. It's not as obvious as it is in Connecticut. but uh, And we thought we'd... uh Come up on a, a property where uh that uh military or industrial or both activity was centered, but that didn't come to anything, so we're still looking uh, for that. Mm. Connecticut's a lot closer to us in Pennsylvania, so
1: Yeah, yeah, it's only hop, skip and a jump. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it is so I hope that oh.
0: answers the question.
1: Eh. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, I guess I guess that's that's probably as close as we're going to get to. An but answer.
0: but what is um, fascinates me about his point there is that he's aware of the tree people, and we should explain what that is because that's actually the essence of the question. We uh, got this video which is supposed to be on our YouTube channel, but I couldn't find it yesterday. Uh, Somebody took it down, or what? Not that I, I don't know. I'd have to look. I'll we'll have to see about that, but. In 2009, we were working with a producer to make that very same uh, sizzle reel uh, that I was referring to. And uh, the little, at the time, four-year-old boy in the house said that his uh, invisible friend, Ashwar, was in the tree outside. Now, we, we repeated this story several times. So out we went. Remember how cold it was? It was November.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, geez. It was frigid. Yeah, and so what we did was to point the. <clears throat> pardon my voice, I explained last week. I got this condition. They're working on it. Um, we pointed the IR camera, mm-hmm. infrared camera, up into the tree. And sure enough, there, there's this tadpole like thing coming down out of the tree, like crawling down the trunk. And it. In the final frame, there's like a flash and it disappears. Mm. So, I mean, what the heck was that? Uh, was that Ashwar? Ashwar later turned out to be a parasite, uh, and we had to, you know, get rid of it because the boy uh, had grown up somewhat and it was telling him to hurt his mother and this sort of thing.
1: Yeah, that's no, <laughs> that's no bueno.
0: But no, but everything is back to normal. I believe, yes. Yeah, as far as the, I'm uh, very much in touch. <laughs> with him. He's in a, in his teens now, loves trains mm-hmm. as I do, so we're in touch. And uh so yeah, we always follow up. So um, the very fact that someone else notices these tree people mm. as we called it is uh pretty cool pretty cool and pretty interesting. You know, because uh, people have sent similar videos or still photos to us after they saw that one. So It's pretty uh, pretty amazing. Uh, The um, uh, follow-up to that was, uh, well, I'll get back to that when we take our break. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WON 1240 AM and 995 FM in the beautiful Blackstone River Valley of New England. We'll be right back, so stick with us. One, two, three, go. Go where? Tell them. Tell them what?
1: Never mind. That is Manny Brando, and I am Virginia. And together, we bring you the Manny Brando Show every Sunday from 8.30 to
0: 9.30 a.m. over ON, AM, and FM. I like to say something now. No, time's up. It's Sundays, 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. Too early for me. Too bad. You can depend on us for public service, Owen oh, Radio. Well, there you have it. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. It's WON FM Radio. And, uh, just to sum up that, that last bit, um uh, we will see if we can get that video back on YouTube if it's not there. And, uh, quite an interesting uh, phenomenon.
1: Hmm, truly.
0: So what do we have next?
1: Uh, let's see. I guess we have, uh, taking, taking a, um, a few steps back here, back to, uh, our question about, um, well, I mean, your answer at least to, to hoaxes and such. Uh, Tammy writes to us, uh, Paul, you said these entities had physical structure. This is referring to the, um, Bridgeport, Connecticut poltergeist case of 1974. Uh, almost bird-like, if I remember correctly. Can you elaborate further?
0: Yeah, that's the Bridgeport case of 74, as she mentions. And uh, I was uh, alone in the house. It was the Monday night, the second uh, day of the case that we were there. And uh, the Warrens had, and Lorena got off to do a, a TV interview someplace, and I was there with the family. And uh, all I can say is four entities, and I'd felt there were four as soon as I walked into the place the day before. Uh, attacked. They came down the hallway. Uh, you could see these, as I described them, sort of off-white, gauzy kind of structures. And one of them walked right up to me. I was trying to protect the little girl Marcy. I put her behind me. This thing stood right in front of me. And I, I just instinctively pushed against it. And it pushed back. It was, it had a physical Structure, now these things are supposed to be spirits, demons as we were thinking of them, because we were there for so long waiting for the local bishop to give uh, permission for a Roman Catholic exorcism, so which never happened. So um, that was the uh, basis of the question, I guess. And what I felt was almost a bird-like structure. And I'm no anatomist, but it certainly seemed like that. Now, oddly enough, I found in research in later years that the ancient Babylonians particularly and the Sumerians interpreted uh, many of these uh, lower rung demons as bird-like.
1: Oh, like Lilith and such? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, that really surprised me. I said, my gosh, was I tangling one with one of them? Well, here's here's... <clears throat> you know you
1: bring up a really fascinating point by saying that and i think i th- it's it, it comes back to symbols and and how and how they they interact with each other and it's like just it, it happens to fit a mold but it's like these symbols are are universal i believe i actually i think lilith which i forget what the the mesopotamian word was for it i want to say it was like lilith or something that kind of got anglicized and turned to lilith or whatever it, it it ended up being it, I guess it was like a wind demon or something was its thing.
0: Effectively,
1: yeah. Uh, there was there was a whole bunch of other other stuff that was mentioned with that too. Well, it, it was
0: a maternal
1: yeah thing too, yeah, yeah mother, mother goddess, something like that. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of other other stuff too that was in there. I think I think unicorns were thrown in there, and then like cedars and such. But anyway, the the yes, yeah, the, the, the determined as like bird like things, and I guess that that whole. Idea, it doesn't really disappear, you know, it's, it's one of those things that stays very much a part of the human psyche. Or, or even, yeah, even yeah. As, as, as a symbol of just stuff that's, that's spooky. Or even, even angelic, if you will. You know, the idea that these winged things are, are kind of like above us somehow, you know, because they're, they're higher and like a hierarchy physically or, or whatever. It's, it's a whole thing. I, I, I think it is really, really an interesting idea to have. Something that's bird-like, being you know either good or bad. You know what I mean.
0: Well, that's why we always say that the human, um, uh, m- the mythology and folklore, is the vessel of the memory of the human race. Uh, take for example, well, this is the opposite of birds, I guess, by cats mm. in ancient Egypt. Uh, the uh, they had experience in the the, re- the remote past with lions who were really not necessarily nice to you. And uh the, the, the goddess Bast, the cat goddess, was originally a lion goddess at the face of a lion, the body of a woman. Um, when the Egyptians became farmers, uh, they were uh, masters of the grain crop, and they had a good crop. You, you didn't starve in the winter, you know. Mm. Uh And when when domestic cats came along and started to multiply, they said, aha, they keep the rats and mice away, who otherwise would eat our wheat." So the cat goddess became uh, gradually morphed into a nice kitty cat who was nice to people but would keep you safe, keep your crop safe. Mm. So these things evolved depending on our human experience with them. And I had a real human experience with this. Freaking parasite here, and uh, and so there you go.
1: But the difference is, you're not trying to use the parasite for your own ends. No. The other, the The other bad
0: idea. Yes.
1: The other, the other side of the coin is attempting to use it to gain something.
0: Yeah. Well, sometimes, yeah. That that's and uh, you. You see, people do it. That's why we say you don't know what you're dealing with. You don't know what you're thinking. Some kind of spirit guide well maybe it is but is it worth taking the risk mm. uh, because it's just as likely a parasite right I, mean, I can't speak for others but uh, very very cautious about that kind of thing mm, agree you know best to stick with what you know uh, we have a very interesting uh, let me get it up here yeah here's Phil from Savannah ah, with Phil. one of his interesting questions
1: <clears throat> Indeed, and Phil writes to us: uh, the Connecticut Zoom meeting. I'd love to be on that. Uh, as soon as I I met Donna, I moved up to uh, I moved up to Georgia. Uh, there's something keeping people away in the Connecticut Triangle. I think it is part of the mystery. It will be hard to get people together.
0: Yeah, it's um, well. I think we ought to try it. We've been talking about it, but we've been so wrapped up with Pennsylvania, and again, we have limited personnel say Oz, you know uh phil by the way was um one of our key show reporters in that triangle area in connecticut
1: by the way phil thank you for your service
0: <laughs> yes phil thank you very much um, so in any case we'll uh, we'll keep in the loop on that phil and everybody else uh, we'll try to uh limit it to people who have lived in the area or from the area mm. and then uh I think it's been there
1: I got another page here if you need it oh no we got we have one from Christopher who makes an interesting point okay if we can we can take that real fast so Christopher uh, writes to us why do people who believe in reincarnation generally believe it is benign uh, what's to say it's not the result of malevolence someone slash something sending us back here over and over to suffer in this world no sane person would want to come back here
0: <laughs> okay well I mean, uh, tell us what you really feel. Uh, I mean, Chris, he,
1: he makes a good point.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. Well, I think the thing with reincarnation is that, uh, well, first of all, what, what we've discussed about time on a number of times is that uh, if you have no past and no future in any objective way, as uh, just a function of our consciousness, how can you have literal reincarnation? If there's no past, there can't be past lives. There are parallel lives, presumably, if our theories are correct. So, uh, that being said, uh, I, I get the point. Uh, in the Eastern uh, philosophies and religions, most of which believe in reincarnation, the whole point is to escape it, not to continue it. You know, it's, it's considered sort of a trap. So, once you become enlightened, you can escape reincarnation and be uh, whether you are a Nirvana or whatever uh, conscious state where you can um, be enlightened and hopefully help others, so uh, when it comes to uh, the classical idea of reincarnation, uh, I think very often a more shallow approach in the West is to uh, grasp it because your precious narcissistic self won't go poof you know when you quote unquote die. Uh, and sooner or later you'll, you'll come back. Now everybody points to, well, I have these reincarnation memories or I was regressed via hypnosis and had these memories. Well, don't look now, but, uh, and I've mentioned this many times. When, uh, I, whenever I talk to regression therapists, people who will, you know, do this hypnosis and get people to remember their past lives, um, I will often, I will always ask: uh, Have you had someone describe a world that you don't recognize, or describe a date in the future? And they said, "Funny you should ask, but yes, uh, so somebody might say it's a 23rd, 24th century, or some time system they don't recognize, or some alien world." or being some other kind of creature or something like this. So I think that's that's significant. If you believe in the validity of hypnosis, and when I first started in this field 53 years ago, boy, time flies when you're having fun, um, there was there is doubt about the validity of hypnosis. Mm. Now it, it's been rehabilitated, so I give it the benefit of the doubt. And um, so... I mean, uh, apparently uh, there are many um, hypnotists and regression therapists today who will admit the possibility of simultaneous lives because they can't come to any other conclusion if they believe what they hear. So um reincarnation is a deep well. And um, in my opinion, I think it's just parallel lives. People say, "Well, I have this um, these memories of this past life." Well, you may have memories of um, uh, a life that was lived by one of your ancestors in this conscious timeline. And uh, for example, uh, there was a um, uh, scientist who did research on reincarnation memories in twins. Mm. And he found that they very often had the same memories. And uh it turned out, in one case, there were two twin sisters who had the same memories of being this princess in Scandinavia in the 1700s. Well, it turns out that they descended, they didn't know it, from a princess in Scandinavia in the 1700s. Mm. So we're talking maybe ancestral memories here. Um uh, It gets even more interesting when you have an organ transplant. Sometimes people pick up memories and thoughts and habits from the person they received the organ from. So it's all a matter of consciousness. And forget about the island theory. We're not self-contained within our bodies. We are a shared consciousness, I think. So that pretty much changes everything. So reincarnation, I mean, I kind of agree if we come back and do it all over again, it's kind of a drag, so
1: Yeah. Well there's there's this really interesting idea that I um I I came across that in the in the ancient world, um, Alexander the Great was considered the pinnacle of human perfection. He was, like, the gold standard for how you were as a human being.
0: Well, he kind of encouraged that.
1: He did, but, you know, he he did accomplish a lot in a very short period of time, and then he made things very confusing for every civil engineer by naming every city the exact same name. It was very confusing. Um, I would hate to be a construction worker in that time period. Anyway, um, the but the whole point of that is he died, and it didn't matter. Everything he made eventually crumbled to dust, and there's a really fascinating thing that I found that was like um, – I, I think it's – actually, it's an icon we have in our house um, of St. Zosios going to – Oh, where was it, St. Micah? Yes. Well, yeah. I, was, I was referring to your house at the front door, oh, okay, ironically. Yes. You know, him going to Alexander the Great's grave, and he's like, wow, look at this guy you know he did all these great things but now he's dead <laughs> yeah and so the the idea of of modern reincarnation i say modern because i put a caveat on it cuz it's like you know it's like when when we would go to the you know providence zen center and they would refer to things as california buddhism <laughs> ver- versus like that, yeah. the real thing um because it's, With it's all the
0: respect to our California listeners.
1: Yes, yes, it's it's not meant to be California is bad. It's it's meant to be like it's it's just like you know it, things get get commercialized. It, mm. It's com, it's commercialized and it's not it's it's not it's skin deep, right? So the the whole the whole point of of that whole thing was it's this idea of perfection. My perfection being continued, but it's flawed because it's it, it inevitably it's like it's not it's not perfect. The, some of the most miserable people I know are rich, yeah, and and they you know they have all the money in the world, you know they they can do whatever they want whenever they want, but it's not, nothing's good enough at the end of the day, and I think that says a lot because it's like there's this fanciful idea of well you know I'll be reincarnated and I'll do all these things and I'll get to come back, and one of the thing one of the 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 irking lines for me. Is well, we we come into this world to experience things, and then we bring it back to the to the source, or we we bring it back, and then we come back and we experience things, and it's like, well, why? <laughs> What's the point? If this if this all knowing super consciousness has experienced everything, the human conscious the human condition hasn't changed at all. It stayed exactly the same. Our gadgets have changed. Maybe that's the new experience. But, like, at the end of the day, we're all still human beings with still the same inevitabilities and also shared experiences. And you'll find that there's a lot of shared experiences between a lot of people, and that's kind of what brings us all together, you know. One of the things that's really been sort of grossly skewed in the modern world is the idea of identity. And... You know, identity is not what sets you apart; it's what makes you a part of a whole. You know, in the ancient world, what made you Roman wasn't you know, well, I I'm I'm Roman because you know my my grandfather Gaius whatever you know conquered Romania. You were Roman because you did things that were Roman, and so you know it was the same with anybody in the ancient world. It's like you know you were you you were you were you know Athenian because you did Athenian things. You know, and, and instead of like, okay, well, you know, I'm gonna break myself apart and make myself an island, it, it's, it's what makes us a part of a whole, and we have shared experiences. You know? And as being an Eno, I have the experience of going with my father and going ghost hunting, and, and experiencing this whole odd realm of the paranormal, which makes me a part of that whole paranormal realm, with all, with all of these people that we've met over the years, you know, some of the most intelligent people I've ever met in my life, to be, to be frank, And, you know, studying this very odd form of of this very odd portion of society that people kind of push out. Because effectively, this comes back to we have no cosmology in the West and there's no there's no idea of there's no sort of unified understanding. Everything's compartmentalized. You know, it's the same with this modern idea of reincarnation. It's compartmentalized. You know, it's like, well, you know, everything's great all the time. And it's like, there's no way everything's great all the time. If everything's great all the time, you're just, you're either just not paying attention or, or like, you know, you're just ignoring all of it. You're ignoring all of it or just, you're numbing it. There's no, everybody has, everybody has their struggles. And, you know, I personally, if reincarnation was a thing, I don't want that.
0: <laughs> well, I think we have to, uh, give, um, some recognition to the research, extensive research that's been done, uh, where you have children who remember their family pre other families, and this sort of thing, you yourself, as soon as you could talk we 're talking about um, being a soldier and all this different stuff, but I always interpret all of that as parallel lives, yeah. so in a way, uh, I guess reincarnation is true in the sense of parallel lives that are all part of your subconscious, all being lived simultaneously. As what we call your super life. And w- when you come close to God in, in any of those, in my opinion, when when you bring in positive energy in any of those or do anything good or positive, that improves your whole super life. Things will get better wherever and whenever you are. Of course, there are always those where you're, you're a parasite or, or you're uh, otherwise living in a sort of negative Life, But those would be very rare and few and far between. Our, my whole theology of that is that uh, <clears throat> God created a, all possibilities. How do you express infinite love in creation? You would express an infinite creation with all possible possibilities, all melding into a great, elegant perfection that we have not advanced to the point where we can apprehend yet. At least some people. I've known monks who have apprehended it and li- live in entirely elevated ways, in a sense, you know. Mm. Um, so it's all open. To, that's my interpretation of it. But I think that uh, you know, whether it's reincarnation or whatever, I think it's um, something much, much uh greater than the classical interpretation is
1: let me just add one little one one little little facet to that i i I didn't mean to come across to say well you know it's it's all it's all not, not, not the whole point what i what i'm saying is is um i believe well i mean i've said this i've said this before and i i i wholeheartedly believe believe this that you know we exist in a web of relationships you know I you know I know that it's not just me floating around out there. We're all connected to each other. Absolutely. And you know just because you know I you know, someone someone you know translates or whatever it doesn't mean that they're just gone. You know right. same same thing with with reincarnation and such. You know it's like we had this discussion with Matt Moniz like a couple of weeks ago with what is a name? You know mm-hmm. what's the point of having a name? Right. You know, why does it matter? And it's like, sure, it's in the form of identification, you know, you can, you can look at it as, as that, but at the same, at the same time, our names mean something. And they, they connect us to, to other people. They connect us to other things. They connect us to our families. They connect us to, you know, cultures. They connect us to a lot of things. And, and it's these connections, you know, even if you want to get into the physics of all of it and say, well, you know, it's, it's multiple worlds, blah, 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 blah. It's like, we have echoes of that in all of our traditions. You know, we don't yeah. do things for no reason. The whole point of it is it connects us to others. And that's the whole point of having a web of relationships and being a part of it. Even if you do, don't want to be or don't care to be, you are, no matter no matter what you think.
0: Well, Christianity, early Christianity and Judaism had a very uh, deep tradition in some areas of reincarnation. Uh, my brother, your Uncle Bob, mm. uh, priest, scholar, author, uh, did his doctoral thesis on, uh, a man named Origen, who was an early theologian. Oh, I didn't know that.
1: I didn't know he did his, his doctoral thesis on Origen. You didn't
0: know that? No. <laughs> oh, well, see, so you learn something oh, every I day. I know that. Yeah, it's uh, worth being an Eno for what you mm. pick up. And, um, Origen was a, uh, an African, um, theologian and bishop, who was later condemned for heresy, but he believed in reincarnation now today today uh, official Christianity does not uh <clears throat> but there is still a bit of a tradition in Judaism so uh i don't know, you you've heard our opinions about what reincarnation may be, what the experience might have um, prompted as far as beliefs are concerned and and there we go uh I think we I we have time for
1: yeah if it's if it's quick
0: <laughs> well i don't know. Okay, uh, you need second page uh, yes, please. This is from again YouTube handle. that's what she said.
1: <laughs>
0: so, so that's what she said says.
1: Yes uh, while uh, I do agree with the theory that Bigfoot uh, or yeah, Bigfoot are interdimensional beings, they could also be underground. Are there any caves in the location or areas? of hills and rocky outcroppings. I'm, I'm going to guess that's referring to, that's referring
0: to, that was a reply to the Pennsylvania video we did. Uh, yes, there are. Uh, that has come up at some of the neighborhood meetings, uh, in that vicinity. And, um, it's just, uh, you have a large primate, hundreds of pounds, six to eight feet tall, and they, they just don't, you know, disappear into the woodwork. Uh, there are small areas of woodland, eight or ten acres, pasturage. It's farming country, pretty much. Uh, you, you know, houses are not close, but they're, uh, common. It's relatively heavily settled. And yeah, there, there are some, um, a lot of ravines and underground, uh, some underground uh, caverns, caverns, things of that kind but no, nothing of which a large population could uh, could hide in. How do you... <clears throat> I mean, people know what the bears and other wildlife are on there. How do you keep something as big as a uh, large primate uh, secret? Uh, where would they go? Uh, I don't think the cave answer is good enough. The one I encountered uh, pretty much disappeared when the, when my phone rang, <clears throat> Ben's mom was calling. And uh, the, the, I, I just, w- I agree with most of the researchers who believe these are multiversal creatures. They kind of come and go uh, in order to eat. That's the kind of life they live.
1: Mm. Interesting.
0: So, yeah. we'll uh, leave it at that. But thank you, everyone who wrote in. And when we get to our announcements... Yes,
1: we have a couple of things to say. And first, uh, we're sorry to say that uh, both the ParaFest in 2023 in Maine and in April and the uh, Para Expo 2023 and last year's it's in Massachusetts in May uh, have both been canceled by their organizers. So we have an easy spring, unfortunately, but yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's just the way she goes sometimes.
0: Well, it's, it's most unfortunate. We don't know entirely why, but... Um I don't know, maybe the recession is catching up with people and, uh, or the uh, the venues had some problems. I don't know, but uh, the organizers of both events are uh, highly respected by us and uh, we hope they'll be back next year. Uh, other events in 2023 for which we or I will be present include the Exeter UFO Festival in September and the Arizona Dowsers Conference in October.
1: And also, you can visit our show website, behindtheparanormal.com, where you can find nearly 1,200 hours of our regular shows and special broadcasts since 2008, from CBS Radio, Achieve Radio, and here on WON, AM, and FM Radio. Uh, Also, you can hear many of these broadcasts on major podcast platforms, including iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube.
0: And you can certainly download our show app. It's free at behindtheparanormal.com. Browse our books, along with those of our guest co-hosts, and... um just check, uh, excuse me, check it out and uh, you'll find some interesting information there, including our charities we've adopted. So what's cooking for next week, Ben? Well, <coughs> excuse me.
1: we have uh, on the back burner next uh, week, that's uh, March 26th, uh, Dr. Jeffrey Kreipel, uh of Rice University will join us from Houston, Texas to give us some hints on how we know what we think we know in the paranormal. We do love... A good amount of ontology here.
0: And epistemology And as
1: epistemology. Well. Yeah. Uh,
0: we leave you today with a thought from, of all people, L. Frank Baum, author of the Wizard of Oz books. Quote, no thief, however skillful, can rob one of knowledge. And that is why knowledge is the best and safest treasure to acquire. What do you think of that, Ben?
1: Ah, uh, well, I mean, knowledge, knowledge that you don't use isn't really worth using, I suppose.
0: Yeah, we have other quotes that say the very same thing.
1: Yeah, (laughs) there's a caveat there, Mr. Baum.
0: (laughs) Anyway, I'm Paul Eno.
1: And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. And we shall see you next time on Behind the Paranormal.
0: We'll see you in Oz. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of... Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.